Welcome, future doctors, to another episode of the Future Minority Doctor Podcast with Dr. Sulma and Marina, where we bring you conversations to empower and inspire you to contribute to your community and the world by becoming a doctor. Welcome future doctors. If you are getting ready to take organic chemistry or in the middle of taking organic chemistry, then this episode is especially for you. As you probably know, college chemistry courses can be among the most challenging pre-med courses that you will take. Did you know that many pre-meds actually give up on being pre-meds during or after their first OCHEM course? That's right, OCHEM or ORGO as it's referred to depending on where you live is notorious for causing pre-meds to give up on their dreams of going to medical school. And frankly, I think that that's tragic because guess how much organic chemistry you use day to day as a doctor? Well, pretty much none. The last time I had to know how to draw the structure of benzene or write out a chemical reaction was when I was in college taking chemistry and taking the MCAT. In my day-to-day life now as a physician, I simply don't need to remember anything that I learned in organic chemistry. So you might be wondering, why is OCHEM even required as a pre-med course? Why is it a subject that's tested on the MCAT? It really goes back to the history of medical education in the United States. So here's a very brief history lesson. In 1910, the Carnegie Foundation was interested in helping to improve the state of healthcare in America. The foundation believed that doctors in the U.S. were being poorly trained because there was no standardized system for medical education. They commissioned a man named Abraham Flexer to write a report with recommendations for how to standardize the process for educating and training physicians. Now, Flexer had no personal experience in medicine. He had studied Greek, Latin, and philosophy and spent most of his career as a teacher and critic of the American educational system. Flexer had spent a lot of time studying the educational system in Europe, too, and he had really liked the systems of education that he observed in Germany. So he ended up modeling his recommendations after the German system of medical education that placed a very strong emphasis on scientific investigation. This type of system required that medical students already have a college degree, and it also required them to spend the first two years of medical school studying scientific subjects before they got a chance to ever lay hands on real patients. Because of this heavy emphasis on science and research, students were expected to already have a very strong background in the sciences in order to succeed in medical school. And that's why pre-medical course requirements like chemistry, biology, math, and physics were developed. It's been 110 years since the Flexner Report transformed the system of medical education in America, but the system we have in place today is largely unchanged. There are people who are slowly working to change things, but changing such a massive system simply takes time. For now, we all just have to work with the fact that organic chemistry or OCHEM or ORGO or whatever you want to call it is required to apply to medical school and that organic chemistry concepts will be tested on the MCAT. So that being the case, how can you help yourself to succeed in OCHEM? I have the pleasure of having two fantastic guests with me today, Anna and Harini. They are both currently teaching assistants or TAs in organic chemistry at the University of Utah. Thank you so much, both of you, for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Okay, Anna, let me put you on the spot first. 
Thinking back to your experience taking organic chemistry for the first time, what was that like for you? Oh, in the beginning, it was certainly so challenging. There are so many things that you have to know, and they're all thrown at you like pretty fast. And it's like things like bonding, acid-base chemistry, also PKAs and IRs and NMRs. If you don't know what those mean, don't worry, you'll get to it, but they are important. So Organic chemistry in the beginning was really challenging for me. It got better after I learned to reach out for help. Gotcha. And well, you're a TA now, so it means you must have been successful. So great job. Harini, what was your experience like with organic chemistry when you took it? You know, I remember walking into the first day of class and Anna and I's professor had displayed this like graphic with all these words that are OCHEM TAs portrayed on the screen. And I saw love, fun, and friends, and welcoming. And I was so confused because I was struggling. And I sat there and I was like, I don't think I'm going to make it out of this class. I might have to retake it. And I remember after a couple of my midterm scores, I was seriously considering retaking that class. But over time, I began to understand why those TAs put words like fun, loving, and welcoming, and friends. And I began to have those same feelings for OCHEM. Uh-huh. So was it just, you know, the process of slowly coming to understand things that transformed your opinion? You know, that's a very good question. I have to say it's a mix of a lot of things. And I have to say that my friend group, my study groups that I made during that class, I'm still friends with these people immensely, like helped me through the um, studying process for OCHEM. It is not an individual effort. Here, you stick together as a team, you get together as a team, and you win as a team. And honestly, having that group of people behind me who were supportive and the professor and the TAs who were just as supportive helped me get through the class and let me believe that I can do OCHEM. Uh-huh. Wonderful, wonderful. All right, so let's jump into some practical advice for students on how to succeed in their organic chemistry courses. I have a bunch of questions for you. And the first one is, why do you think organic chemistry is challenging for many students? I can speak on this because as a math major, a lot of things are very straightforward. You look at a math question, you classify it, you know, okay, I know exactly what I need to do to solve this type of question. But with organic chemistry, it requires a lot of creativity. It's like a problem solving or putting together a puzzle. You have all these pieces and you just have to see where they can fit into this picture. So it doesn't really have to be a difficult or miserable time. Try your best to have fun at it and, and see it as an exciting challenge. Absolutely. You need a lot of creativity, but that does not come overnight because a lot of us actually come in finishing Gen Chem 2 and you're very thinking analytically and you're just ready to put it in an equation and solve for the right numerical value of the bond angle or something. But you sit there and the professor draws benzene rings and you're like, what, why do I need to know this? Why do I need to care about carbon and its structures and its reactivity? And Anna is absolutely right. It requires a lot of creativity, imagination. There's a lot more um, that goes into OCHEM than just memorizing. Yeah, great points. When a course feels new and overwhelming, there can be a temptation to focus just on memorization and not really take the time to understand why certain concepts are true or why certain rules are applied to problems 
or just the why behind a concept. Do you think it's important or helpful to try to understand the why behind what you're learning in OCHEM? And is it worth the effort? Oh my gosh, absolutely for OCHEM, it is very, very essential to understand the why. This will help you in predicting what product comes out of a reaction or trying to figure out how a product came out of two molecules being like put together. You know, you really have to understand why things react the way they do. And so when something feels fuzzy or a concept feels fuzzy, I'm just going to say this over and over this episode, but please, please ask for help if you don't understand. And please ask your TAs or your professors to explain concepts to you or even your peers. We're all here for you. Yeah, absolutely. I can never say that enough either. Ask for help. (laughs) And honestly, Anna, again, hit all the points. You have to understand the why. Okay, think of it like a story. If you don't build your beginning of the story, you're never going to get to the end or you're not going to understand the end rather. And you need to build that beginning, your introduction, if you will, and you'll get to the middle where you'll struggle and try to piece it together because you'll find there's so many exceptions. And I'm sure many of you listening now probably are facing all these exceptions to carbon rules and the octet rule even. And by the end, you'll get to a point where you'll look at a molecule and you'll have this intuitive feeling. And I don't know how to describe it anything less, but it's a gut feeling when you see a molecule, you'll know exactly what to do or at least where to start the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So going back to your own experiences with organic chemistry, When you were taking the class, how many hours would you say you spent doing homework and studying on average, either per day or per week, if you don't mind sharing? I remember when I walked into this course, my initial mindset was this is going to be a full-time job. And my professor, she gave out a sheet. It's called a goal sheet. And we had to, I guess, realistically come up with a plan of how we were going to study. And I wrote down I was going to study 30 hours per week. I was going to attend lecture. I was going to go to Saturday review every single TA's office hours. And mind you, we have 40 TAs for OCHEM 1. And I was determined. And by end of week one, I learned it was not feasible. In fact, I had um, one of my TAs reach out to me and say, what am I doing? Like, (laughs) I need to take a step back and not take it so seriously. Because at the end of the day, Anna has already said it, OCHEM is fun if you just give it a shot. And if you're pushing too much and doing too much, you might burn yourself out before you get to the fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow, that's quite ambitious 30 hours per week. But you learned with that experience, right? All right. How about you, Anna? I definitely wasn't as gung-ho jumping into OCHEM. I was just thinking to myself, okay, well, besides like the three hours of normal lecture time per week and one hour of going to some TA's office hours, I really just, and this is during COVID, so I had a lot of free time. Mm -hmm. I really just spent however much time I needed getting that homework done. But I did always do extra practice problems and practice exams before exams. So on an average week, I would say, aside from the lecture time and class time, I would spend maybe five hours. Mm -hmm. But on an exam week, that time was closer to like 20 hours. Uh Yeah, that makes sense. And you know, five hours, if you think of it on most weeks is doable. I think like, if you go into the class with like, you know, okay, I can do five or six hours a week, spread out over a couple of days, find the days when 
you're not jam packed with classes or just, you know, the evenings that work for you, whatever your schedule is, like put those hours in there. Yeah, that's doable. And of course, everybody studies more for class right before an exam, like you mentioned. So thank you for sharing that. Now, some students have to balance taking a full course load that includes a demanding course like organic chemistry, along with either working part time or sometimes full time or having family responsibilities, a lot of extracurriculars, sports, other things. So for these students who are trying to balance a lot, how can they ensure that they still do well in a course like organic chemistry? That's a really good question. And honestly, I wish it would get answered more because there's a lot, it's very subjective. So there's a lot of students who do have that big commitment outside of school. And sometimes we've been told to take a step back and think about it realistically because organic chemistry is a huge commitment. And it's not just any class or I guess what people would call it an easy A class. And it's, it's going to require a lot of mind thinking power, superhero skills going into it. Honestly, my best advice would be not to choose between school or work, but between what you can handle at the time and what commitments you're able to give. And one choosing one or the other is not necessarily bad. You're just choosing one for the duration. Yeah, definitely. Anna, anything to add? Yeah, I would also like to say what Harini said was great. Also, in extenuating circumstances or in really stressful life crisis moments, feel free to reach out to your professors, your TAs. There are resources, there are accommodations that your instruction team can make. We do want to work with you because in the end, we want you to succeed. And the professor wants you to succeed as well. So don't be scared to reach out when you really need help. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. And I would say don't wait until like, it's really, really bad to reach out as soon as you know, you're going through some extenuating circumstance, maybe a family member is sick, maybe you're dealing with your own mental health concerns, or just anything, reach out, let them know, because you will be seen as more responsible. And they will be more willing to help you if you reach out early instead of waiting until it's like the night before the final exam and all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, it's impossible to do anything about it. So thank you for making that point. Now, one of the things that I struggled with in college, and that I think a lot of students struggle with in college is asking for help. When you feel lost and confused in a class, it can be hard to go to office hours and admit that you're struggling. In fact, I remember feeling so lost sometimes that I didn't even know what questions I had. I just wanted to cry, go to my TA and say, I don't understand anything. Where do I even start to make sense of all of this? Now, as TAs who are there to help students, what advice would you give to a student who feels this way? As a TA, but also a student who's been in that exact same position of just wanting to curl up and cry after failing a midterm in OCHEM, I think my best advice would be to take a deep breath because one, realize that it is one midterm, but you still have other opportunities to better your grade or your performance in the future exams. So one example would be to go to your TA office hours. We host so many hours throughout the week. And depending on the course, you might have different numbers of TAs, but we're all here and sometimes no one comes. And it's very upsetting because we're going to be there to help you regardless. And if you're scared to ask for help, I would say the best first step is to talk to the TA and they can kind of be as a act as a mode between you and the professor and they can facilitate 
even more accommodations and help and resources for you that will help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great advice. Right. And I would also like to add that I've certainly been in classes where the TA's office hours and the professor's office hours just don't work for me and I can't make it to them. But I've emailed those professors and their TAs and asked them, hey, I really have questions on this concept, on this topic. You know, I'm struggling a little bit, but I can't make any of your office hours. Would you be willing to meet up with me sometime other than that? during like these times. And then I'd give them a list of what times worked for me. And then I'd be like, let me know, please. Or I could talk to them after class and be like, hey, like your office hours don't really work for me, but I really have some questions that I'd like clarified. And professors and TAs are usually very, very receptive and they do want you to succeed. So they always, well, at least for me, I've always been able to meet up with professors outside of class and ask them questions even when they weren't in office hours. Also, I'd like to say that I'm really, really excited when students come to me with questions. You know, I'm like, yay, like they have questions and they trust me to answer them. <laughs> and I, we try our best to answer them as well as we can, you know. And so all your TAs that are there for you. Uh, so don't be scared. Yeah, I love that. And both of you, I mean, so it seems so approachable. So I, yeah, I love that message. It's just don't be afraid. Like you say, ask for help, ask for help, ask for help. Now, once in a while, you might have a negative experience with a TA. Every college is different. Some TAs are better than others. So if one person doesn't work out, don't give up, please. Like try to find someone else. Or if your professor seems unapproachable and you just don't click well with them, go to one of your TAs. If that one doesn't work out, go to another one. But generally speaking, I think what you two are expressing is absolutely true. TAs are there to help. TAs have been through it themselves, and lots of times they chose to be a TA. Not always, but most of the time, depending on where you are. And, you know, they're waiting for students to come. So thank you for sharing that perspective. Now, aside from asking for help, what are some specific strategies that students should use to help master the material in organic chemistry, which, as we know, can be new and confusing and require, like you said, imagination and different types of thinking? I have two very specific responses for this question. My first one is, yes, definitely get yourself a study group, but always have a 70-30 rule. So what I mean by that is spend 70% of your time doing the work yourself, sitting alone, doing the problems yourself first, and then do 30% of the time meeting up with your group, teaching each other, going through the problems, and understanding where you're going wrong, or maybe you can be the one to help out your friends where they might be going wrong. My second and my most absolute favorite resource, it's Klein's book. It's called Organic Chemistry as a Second Language. It saved me multiple times on both OCHEM 1 and OCHEM 2. This book is yay big. It's very small, very small, but it's filled with practice questions. And it's at a language where it's so understandable and feasible to understand. And the students have an easier time reading the book sometimes than reading the textbook. And this book is just brilliant. I love it. I'm so glad you mentioned that because sometimes it can be really helpful to just find, you know, resources, whether it's like some YouTube videos online that somebody did, but are really helpful. Or like this book in this case, I looked it up, in fact, because I had never heard of it before. <laughs> I looked it up on Amazon and I found this really hilarious and helpful review. It's someone said, Oh, Kim 2 had me crying like a little baby. 
I didn't know I had those emotions in me, but something about that class can bring a grown man to his knees. And this book was my guiding light. Too many nights spent softly crying myself to sleep with this book by my side. I keep my copy on my bedside table in case I need a solid sob session. (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Klein, for this field guide on a subject that so closely resembles hell. I'd still be there without you. This is one person who really struggled in OCHEM, but used this book and it seems like it really helped him through. Something to think about OCHEM as a second language. You can find it on Amazon or other places online. But thank you for mentioning that, Harini. Anna, any advice on specific strategies? Oh, yes. I would say besides actually attending and participating in your lectures and discussion sections that are offered for the class, do a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of practice problems. Practice drawing out those molecules. Practice like envisioning them in your head or building them with your molecule kits. Practice synthesizing molecules that you need or seeing how molecules will react or looking at uh, certain charts like IR charts and NMR charts. It really, really is something that you have to do in OCHEM. You really have to practice. And in the beginning, it's going to be pretty hard. But once you get the hang of it, and once you start flexing that creativity muscle in you, it, it starts to get really fun. And I think Klein's book also has a lot of practice questions. So that's another perk of having that book. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I like that you mentioned practice and just repetition, 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 because I think when it comes to really mastering any subject, repetition is so, so important. Testing yourself, quizzing yourself, flashcards, whatever you need to do, if it's drawing it out over and over and over again until it's like just emblazoned in your mind, anything that you can do to repeat it. Um, And I would say don't just read a concept over and over because if you have a cheat sheet and you're just copying it over and over, that's not actually challenging your brain to remember it. (laughs) You have to use some sort of form of repetition that requires recall. That's where you're really, really emblazoning that information in your mind. Um, So for example, drawing it out from memory, the first time it's going to be really hard and you'll have to cheat and look. And then the second time, maybe you get half of it, right? And then the third time you get two thirds of it, right? (laughs) And then the next time you get the whole thing right and you keep doing it. So um, it is like a muscle, like we've mentioned, right? That you just have to keep strengthening that muscle, strengthening that muscle. It's not about smarts, I would say. (laughs) And I tell my mentees this all the time. It's not like, oh, you're just born naturally good at organic chemistry. You just came out like that. But you were not. You were not gifted with the OCHEM gene or something like that. It's really mostly about just practice and taking the time to master the material. I love what you said, Harini, about study groups and relying on study groups because you can find a support system to get through that because it's challenging. It's like learning a new language, right? Like the book alludes to. So I have an interesting question for you. You both are TAs now. You've been doing this for a little while. What would you say are the differences between, or the major differences between the students who struggle in organic chemistry and the students who succeed at organic chemistry? Or in other words, the ones who don't end up doing so well and the ones who do end up doing pretty well. I would say everyone struggles in organic chemistry, but the difference is that the people who struggle with concepts but end up really grasping those concepts and understanding them well and doing well on questions and the exam and homework, 
really make use of their resources. So I've definitely seen students who are like, I have no idea like what I'm looking at, but they'll go to my office hours, they'll go to other TAs office hours, and then I'll see them at the library working with other OCHEM students, working together in a little table and just solving problems together. And so it really, really is about acknowledging that you're struggling, but then acknowledging that you have what it takes to overcome those struggles. You have it in you and you have all these awesome resources. Your TAs are there. Your friends, your peers are also there for you to work with. They can help you. You can help them. It's also good to have a sounding board. And something that I really believe is that one of the best ways to learn is to teach others. So if you think you've got a concept and then one of your friends is like, hey, do you know how to do this question? And you teach them, then you're not only helping them, you're reinforcing it for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes you realize that you don't know it as well as you thought you knew it, right? And so it helps to strengthen that knowledge even further. Any thoughts to add, Harini? I love what you both just said. And honestly, yeah, we don't have the OCHEM gene. And it's sometimes easy to forget that while you're taking the class. And another thing I'd like to add is as a student who've also gone to the office hours and all these review sessions and even class and discussion, I felt... Mm -hmm at a disadvantage. And sometimes I, or I should say later on in the semester, I realized it was partly part of my mind game too. I had to realize I had to build my confidence for the class. And I had to also build that trust that I do know what I'm doing. And I shouldn't be second guessing. And, and what Anna said about teaching it to other people, and that reinforces that behavior that you do know what you're doing and builds that confidence over time. And it's definitely not going to be overnight or over one exam, but it can be done. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. Let's say it's in the middle of the semester and a student is really falling behind or struggling. Maybe they got C's or D's or maybe even F's on their first few exams. At that point, do you think the student still has hope to improve their grade or should they just call it quits and give up? I actually have a very unique story to go with this question. I remember I was TAing, it was during COVID, it was OCHEM 2. And we were proctoring on Zoom for an exam. And I was sitting in the exam room with 13 students. And out of nowhere, I get a message and the student is freaking out, having an anxiety attack because the printer's not working and started freaking out about the timer going down. And I was like, oh, this is my first time TAing. Let me contact the professor and see what we can do. But I remember putting him in a separate exam room, being there, and he got the help he needed from the professor. And I remember. It happened for a couple more midterms, but by the final exam, he conquered his fears, overcame his fear of OCHEM molecules and reactions, and he really put in the work. And I have never been more proud because I remember the following semester, I saw him at the TA meeting table, and I was really happy to know that he got selected to be a TA. And I just want to say that there's always going to be hope, whether it's an anxiety attack, a bad grade on a midterm, or even in the class, I think you have to give yourself the shot to trust yourself and really build that knowledge over time because it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, that's a great story. Thank you for sharing that because, I mean, the challenges are slightly different for everyone, right? That student could so easily have given up. They could have just so easily gotten discouraged after that experience of, you know, freaking out during an exam. And they could have said, this is not for me. I can't do it. It's too hard. I'm just going to give up. But they didn't. And that's amazing that they ended up as a TA because what an awesome TA 
they're going to be, right? Having had that experience and being able to empathize and have compassion for other students that are struggling. So that's great. Thank you for sharing that. How about you, Anna? Any advice? I love what Harini said about trusting yourself because it is hard. You're going to need a lot of grit and a lot of perseverance to get through OCHEM 1 and OCHEM 2, but trust yourself because I've seen so many people go through OCHEM. I went through OCHEM and I saw my classmates go through OCHEM and now I'm seeing other students go through OCHEM. And everyone in the beginning is always really nervous and really scared. And sometimes there are students in the middle of the semester who are really, really struggling. But trust yourself and work really hard because this class is here for you to learn. Don't think too hard or stress too hard about getting the grade that you want or the percent that you want. Just think about improving and, you know, doing better on certain types of questions or understanding certain concepts more. Mm -hmm. Now, we talked a little bit already about the psychological challenges of organic chemistry, that it is like learning a new language, that a lot of it is just grit and perseverance. What would you say are some of the other psychological challenges that students might face when taking organic chemistry and what can they do to overcome them? So I certainly know students usually struggle a lot with test anxiety. You know, I've seen, in fact, last semester I had a student and she was really amazing at doing all of her homework, all of her discussion questions, and she would always like get them spot on and it was so neat and easy to read and just great and wonderful but during the test and after the test she'd come up to me and she'd be like I feel like I didn't have enough time and I was just shaking the whole time and she would show me her exams and all the lines would be really wiggly and wobbly but that's something that students certainly struggle with so you're not alone if you have test anxiety. Yeah, that's a great point because it's so common. I think we just, we, there's a little bit of shame around it. And so students don't always talk about it <laughs> with other people, but a lot of people do experience test anxiety, sometimes mild, sometimes severe. Harini, anything to add? Yeah. And, you know, test anxiety often stems from feeling like you don't have that time to finish your exam. And I'm not here to tell you the exact route to finish that exam, but an advice could be to finish that hard problem, finish that synthesis problem first, finish that reaction first, and then come label your carbons or label your hydrogens. And it makes it a lot easier when you finish the hard ones and you feel more confident finishing the exam instead of feeling like you just got wrecked. Yeah, that's a great test taking strategy It's kind of like skimming through first and like doing the most challenging questions first. Because then it's kind of like, okay, I got the hardest thing out of the way. And if you know, you if you don't know how to do it completely, you just do as much as you can, give yourself a time limit, and then just go on. And psychologically, it's helpful because it's like, okay, I got the hardest one out of the way first, I tried that, whether or not I succeeded, I did my best. And now I can go on to the stuff that I do feel more confident about. So that's a great strategy. What about, um, you know, one of the challenges I think many students face in STEM classes in general is the relative lack of women or minorities in those classes. Do you have any experience with that or any advice to share on if you do find yourself feeling like a minority in the class, whether because of your gender or your race, ethnicity or another factor, like how can you overcome that psychologically? As an Asian woman in STEM, it is incredibly hard to speak up sometimes, even when you know you're right. 
And sometimes I'll sit in the classroom and I don't want to raise my hand. I find myself just whispering the answer under my breath and just hoping no one hears me for my own sake. But I think over time, I realized that it was something that I was scared of. And maybe we've been pushed aside to the classroom and, you know, been told to internalize our failures and success. And I think it's really important to celebrate both your failures and successes because you are a student and you deserve a seat in that classroom and you get to raise that hand and answer that right question. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And you're an example of someone who pushed through and did it, right? Despite the obstacles, despite the psychological challenges. How about you, Anna? I certainly want to mirror Harini's words. Uh, and I do want to let you all know that imposter syndrome is so, so real. So if you ever start feeling like, oh, I don't belong here, or I'm not as good as these other students, or I don't think I'm in the right field for me, even though you know this is what you're passionate about, try to realize that it's that imposter syndrome speaking and that you actually do have it in you and try to give yourself those positive affirmations. Tell yourself that you can do it. And also don't let yourself be you know, left in the shadows. Really speak out about your needs and also celebrate your successes and acknowledge your failures, just like Harini said. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for bringing up that issue of imposter syndrome. It is so, so common. But everybody who experiences imposter syndrome, or almost everybody, feels like they're alone because we don't talk about it, right? We feel shame (laughs) about the prospect of not belonging or being the one person who doesn't belong. And in reality, the vast majority of us feel that way. We're just not saying it. (laughs) We're just not talking about it. And so just know that you're not alone. Acknowledge it as a normal part of the process. If you recognize it, just say, oh, hi, you're imposter syndrome. Hey, I recognize you. I see you, but I'm not going to give up because of you, right? Um, You're there and maybe I can't get rid of you completely, but I can learn to live with you and I can learn to prove to myself that I can do this, that I do belong. And I love that you two are examples of um, women in STEM who like persevered and are now in that amazing capacity of helping others to succeed in chemistry and organic chemistry. So thank you for being examples (laughs) to other students out there. Any last pearls of wisdom to share? I have one last piece of advice, and that would be, and Dr. Capel already mentioned this, because OCHEM seems like it's not being used in medicine as much as we might have thought. And my wisdom would be, It's okay to struggle here because the struggles that you're facing through, the creativity that you build, your imagination, your skill to persevere even, that is what makes a good physician. And I'm sure Anna and Dr. Capello might agree to this. And that skill is what you're building over OCHEM, although you might not be synthesizing molecules in front of your patients in a room. Uh Absolutely. Yeah. And to be fair, I should say that there are doctors who do use it. Like if you end up going into pharmaceutical research, it's very helpful to have, you know, that knowledge of how we synthesize chemical compounds. But I would say the vast majority of physicians don't use OCHEM on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, Anything to share, Anna? Um, So this piece of advice is kind of very specific, but I find that it is most helpful or I'm most able to help a student as a TA if they come to my office hours with practice problems and, um, you know, synthesis problems in particular or mechanism problems in particular. 
uh, because then as a TA, especially if you're feeling lost, like I don't even know what to ask, then as a TA, I kind of can identify and pinpoint what areas you need more help on and send you those resources. Mm -hmm. But besides that, everything Harini said, you know, stay strong, persevere, you guys got this and have fun. Really, it's a fun subject. Uh Don't be scared. Yeah. Uh, that's still going to be a hard pill for some people to swallow. But I love your examples that, you know, you're exemplifying the fact that it can eventually be fun. If you work hard at it, and you feel like you start to master it, that's when it gets fun. But you do have to put in the work to get to that point. If you're not putting in the work, if you're not putting in the hours, then it's going to be really hard to get to that point where you feel confident, and you feel like you're enjoying yourself. So I have a last few pearls to share. So first, I know it's hard to believe, but organic chemistry doesn't have to be hard or miserable. And just like you said, Anna, it can be fun. The way you think about it will influence your experience. If you go into it dreading it and expecting the worst, you are likely to have a more difficult experience. On the contrary, if you go into it excited and optimistic or just open-minded to learn something new and you're willing to practice, you're willing to get things wrong before you get them right, and you just focus on learning rather than just getting an A, then you'll probably have a much better experience. Would you agree with that? 100%. (laughs) 100%. Absolutely. Okay. So I'm not just making it up. Thanks. And then secondly, even though you have to learn OCHEM in order to get to medical school, doing well or badly in organic chemistry is not a good reflection of whether or not you can be a great doctor like we alluded to. It's simply one of the steps you have to take. It's a way of showing that you have the commitment and the endurance to do what it takes to become a great doctor. And finally, getting a C or a D or even an F in OCHEM will not keep you from getting into medical school or becoming a skilled and caring physician. Worst case scenario, you get an F and you retake the class. It really is not going to be, you know, a red stamp on your file. Do not admit it doesn't work like that. You know, whatever it is you're struggling with, you can usually, you know, retake a class or just work harder and get where you need to be. I got a C in OCHEM. I'm not proud of that. I mean, if I could go back after listening to all the wisdom that you two shared, I would do so many things differently. But the fact is, at the time, I was afraid to ask for help. That was my main weakness. And so I'm just going to reiterate this one more time. Ask for help, ask for help, ask for help, and do it early. Don't wait until you're in disaster mode. (laughs) Don't wait until the night before your midterm or your final ask for help early. Don't be afraid of going to TAs. As you've seen, Harini and Anna are TAs. They're wonderful. They're approachable. The vast majority of TAs are going to be likewise. So please, please, please ask for help. I can't say it enough times. Thank you so much, Harini and Anna, for joining us today. Thank you for all of the wisdom that you've helped to share and your own experiences that you've shared. Um, and thank you to all of our listeners. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you learned something. We wish you nothing but the best in your own organic chemistry experience. Reach out if you have questions and make sure you follow us on social media. Bye, everyone. <laughs>